Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everybody, and welcome to episode 112 of SwiftCast. This is Nate, Ashley, Haley, and Adam. Guys, I have something very, very important that you guys need to know. What's that, Nate? Music has value. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Where'd you hear that? Only one of the best people in the world, Scott Borchetta. I mean, I think that he really needs to drive that point home more. I just don't think that the masses are fully comprehending that music does indeed have value. Music has value. Get it through your head. (laughs) We've settled it. (laughs) Episode done. I don't think Taylor in her statement, which you guys, our main discussion today, will be talking about Taylor's statement about Apple. I don't think her statement included the term music has value, but... We just wanted to bring that up because it seems so prevalent from Scott Borchetta and, of course, Taylor talking about Spotify and now talking about Apple Music. So we'll definitely get more into that later in this episode. I mean, Nate really just revealed the entire core of the main discussion, so there's not really much point in saying more about it. I think that's a great title for the episode, honestly. Music has value. So anyway, well, we have a great episode lined up for you. Like Adam said, we're going to be talking all about how music has value and her open letter to Apple that she tweeted earlier today. So I think it's going to be a really cool episode. I really wish that we had a soundbite of Scott saying music has value that we could just insert where necessary into this episode. (laughs) That'd be hilarious. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Just for some more dramatic effect. (laughs) Anyway, so without further ado, we're just going to kind of jump right in the episode, guys. Our first bit that we're going to be doing. We're going to go over some of Taylor's old tweets. And the first one that we have for you is from June 14th, 2009. About to play in a stadium, CMA Fest in Nashville, living out the daydreams I had when I was six. Thanks, guys. That was six years ago. And she played it almost every year up until 2013, which was probably the last time that we're going to see her there, at least for a while. For a while, yeah. I have a question for you guys relating to this tweet. How come when Taylor plays in Nashville for the 1989 tour, for the Red Tour, she plays at Bridgestone Arena rather than LP Field? I don't know, but I'm very glad that she plays at Bridgestone Arena. Just because of the small, intimate nature of the arena? Yeah, and, you know, I've been to a lot of large stadiums, but LP Field, when I've been there for CMA Fest... Is so huge. You really feel like you're miles away from the stage, and it's just so big. I really prefer her in an arena, but I think it might have to do with the sports schedules because she usually plays her Nashville shows around September, 
And I think there's games that are taking up the stadium then. You're right. That oh, could... that makes sense, too. I agree, though. I'm totally for Bridgestone. I quite like that place. Well, the next tweet is from that same week in 2009. Taylor tweeted on June 16th, I finally convinced my brother to go to an award show with me. Groundbreaking. And this was the CMT Awards in Nashville. And since then, that was six years ago, I'm just thinking of how many times he's come with her to award shows. I think he loves it now. Actually, I'm shocked because this is the first time I think I've read this tweet. He did not like going to those award shows? I'd be like, yeah, sign me up. (laughs) After party with Nelly, 50 Cent, like, of course. (laughs) 2009 was probably when she started going to a lot more award shows. Do you remember the days when the media would think that Austin was her new boyfriend that she brought to an award show? Oh, that's crazy. Those days were hilarious. Well, I feel like they weren't even that long ago. Yeah, you're right. I feel like within the last year or two, I've still seen that happen. Our next one is from the following year on June 13th of 2010. They brought me these bracelets and wrote on my arm as hours pass, 14.5 hour signing. Today was love. And she just posted a twit pic of her arm. And that was from the 13 hour meet and greet at the CMA Fest. Could you imagine if she still did that today? It wouldn't be 13 hours or 14.5 hours. No, it'd be like 30 minutes, like first come, first serve. <laughs> like, like people pushing each other down, trying to get in line. <laughs> like, or even if she did that, it'd probably be like 13 days. Oh, man. Ugh, we can dream. Swifty problems. Our next one comes from June of 2011. Taylor wrote, Pittsburgh, you made us feel like we have 52,000 new friends. I'm so happy and proud that my home state provided such an amazing crowd. Now, were you at that one, Nate? I know you're from that area. Mm, no, I was not. No. The Speak Now He's show. He's a fake fan. I... <laughs> it was... No, I was a Swifty then, and I really wanted to go to Speak Now tour. I did not. But that was, for me, like the, the time when... Like, we were just talking about this, when you didn't know people went to more than one concert. Like, you, you go to one concert, and then that's it. So if you don't make it, then, then that's it. You're just screwed, so... So, I mean, for myself, uh, you know, whatever I had going, I had work, I was working or something. I don't know what I was doing, but I couldn't make the concert. So, anyway, so I didn't go. So, I mean, it's in my list of shameful things that I've done over, over the <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. We didn't really know back then that people could travel to concerts, that that was a thing. And mm-hmm. you just, I just didn't think that way. No, back exactly, then. right. Mm-hmm. I bet Steph was there. She probably was. Mm-hmm. We'll have to ask her next week. Well, our next tweet is from June 16th, 2013. And Taylor tweets, I'm beginning to think that you don't find happiness from living your life looking ahead or back, that you find it when you look around. I remember that. I love that. Yeah, exactly right. Well, this tweet, it was on the day of, for you Toronto Swifties out there, it was the day after Red Tour Toronto when the Much Music Video Awards were going on. I remember that because I was there at the Video Awards. I stayed an extra day and went to those. And then I remember seeing this tweet. And if you think about it, this tweet really like is such a perfect... It just epitomizes, I think, how the 1989 album turned out. Like the, the way that she, instead of looking at relationships or, or love or whatever she did to define the album, 
she looked around, she saw her friends for who they were, for what a, what a great influence they are on her life. And that's, I think, what the 1989 album turned out to be. So, I don't know. I thought it was a really cool tweet. Well, the last one is from June 18th, 2014. And this was when Taylor tweeted, Meet Olivia Benson. Aww. Olivia. She's so tiny in the picture that she included. I remember seeing this tweet, and before I even opened up the picture to see what it was, I just knew it was another cat, and I was so excited. I think I was at work, and I literally died. I was sitting at the One Republic concert, and I totally just zoned out from the concert, and was just staring at this picture. So that's it for our tweets from Taylor, and now we're going to be moving on to our news segment, Keeping Up With Swift. Our first piece of news is that there is a new Chinese Toyota ad and Taylor is looking gorgeous on the cover of this photo that they put out. Do we know if they have a video? Is it like a video commercial or is it just like a billboard or do we not really know? I'm not sure and it seemed like the website might have taken it down. Who is the other girl who's in this, who's in the ad? I was wondering that too. I assume someone famous in China. I hope so. If she's right next to Taylor Swift, jeez, just some random girl for the to- Toyota ad. <laughs> well, the 1989 tour in Detroit, which was a couple weeks ago, that Ashley was at, was Ford Field's highest-grossing concert ever, and they made a poster congratulating Taylor. And the amount of revenue that came in for that concert was. $5,999,000. Oh my god. Wow. Boom, $6 million. Thank you. <laughs> like, that's nuts. I'm proud to have contributed to that. I guess that kind of even more justifies that it was the first show that she brought guests to this tour. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, our next bit of news, Taylor Swift Incredible Things has won Fragrance of the Year at the Fragrance Foundation Awards. Way to go. Woo. Cool. I had no idea there was a Fragrance Foundation Awards. <laughs> Haven't her other perfumes won Fragrance Foundation Awards as well? I think so. I think Taylor by Taylor Swift won. I thought so. I thought we, I remember reading something about that or talking about it. Well, on June 19th, Taylor tweeted to remind us that it has been nine whole years since Tim McGraw was released, and that's insane. I want that single so badly. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if she did something for the 10-year anniversary of it next year and put out, like, a commemorative single or did a special performance of it or something? Oh, that would be really cool. Now that you say that, it reminds me of that mashup. Well, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, mash, a mashup, really, but it was CMA Fest, and Taylor ended up singing just, like, a snippet of Tim McGraw and then bringing him out on stage. That's right. And then, right, you guys remember that? I was there. Oh, yeah, you were there. That's right. <laughs> I died. I was. I think I was screaming and crying at the same time. <laughs> and then I remember, like, after the show, somebody did this, this little video that came out, and it was a little, it started off with, like, Taylor's first time at CMA Fest singing Tim McGraw, and then it blended into the now and then, it's, it was like a now and then video, basically, of Taylor's early days, and then where she was now singing Tim McGraw, which is really cool. Kind of reminds me of this, I don't know. I always liked that video. That would have been crazy being there, seriously. Was the last time we heard Tim McGraw as a secret song on the Red Tour? 
I think so. Did she do it? Do it as a secret song? Okay, that's what I thought. Oh yeah, definitely she did. Yeah. She did it in. She did it uh, like two or three times. She did it definitely in Toronto. I was there. It was really cool. And then did she not do it one of the nights in Nashville? Wasn't that one of the songs? No, she didn't. And I was so mad because I really thought she would. Hmm. Yeah. But she played our song. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I miss I'll the never forget. <laughs> I was like, it's the last three shows. She's going to make them special. No way is she going to do our song. She wouldn't do that to us. And here it is. <laughs> yeah, she did it at least twice because I remember uh, being jealous of another show, being like, oh man, I wish she would have saved Tim McGraw for, for one of my shows. And she ended up singing it anyway, which kind of worked out. Well, our next little bit of news is that the 1989 tour books are finally out it made its debut in cologne and it looks amazing i saw on ebay the other day one of these tour books i guess they numbered some of these books i don't know if you guys knew this and gave them out to people and taylor i guess signed them all and they're like super rare and i want one wow but they were super expensive the guy had it listed for like 400 dollars. i'm like oof i can't wait to get one and see it in person on June 22nd, Selena Gomez released her new song called Good For You, and Taylor tweeted a little bit earlier in the week that it's her favorite thing Selena has ever done. I haven't heard that song yet, but I'll have to check it out. I haven't heard it yet either. Is the is the message of the song, is it like, good for you, or is it like, this is good for you? Do we know? <laughs> Do not know. <laughs> <laughs> like Justin Bieber, good for you. <laughs> Well, our next little bit of news, if you guys haven't heard, OK Magazine ended up tweeting a misleading headline about Taylor the other day, making a pregnancy announcement. It was uh, something to the effect of Taylor Swift, yeah, I think it was just Taylor Swift makes pregnancy announcement, and then I had a link in this tweet. And so what ended up happening, what it actually was, was this couple that Taylor met at one of her shows who she took a picture with, and they held up a sign that said, you know, they're having a baby. You know, it was all over social media, and this OK Magazine ended up picking it up and putting this misleading headline on it. So anyway, Taylor saw this, and then she ended up retaliating with this epic comeback on Twitter. And she she tweeted, at OK Magazine, This misleading headline and your choice of words in labeling me are why we need feminism in 2015. Boom, OK Magazine. Anyway, they ended up uh, editing the original tweet. I don't know what it says now, but... Like, Taylor Swift loves her fans or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even funnier was that along with this tweet, she included a picture of this orca whale coming out of the ocean. The caption on it is, I came out of the ocean because you need to stop. <laughs> and it's just so funny to think that she probably has, like, all these sassy memes just saved on her phone for this kind of occasion. Yeah, I read that. I was like, good for you, Taylor. Standing up to these people. Well, as we mentioned earlier this morning, Taylor posted a lengthy letter to Apple explaining why 1989 is not going to be available on Apple's new streaming service, and we're going to be discussing it more later in the episode, so if you haven't had a chance to read it, you can just go to taylorswift.tumblr.com and you'll see it there. In case you guys don't know what Taylor's doing in her upcoming schedule, I'm just going to quickly tell you. On June 23rd, she's going to be in Glasgow. On June 24th, she's going to be in Manchester. June 27th, she'll be in London. 
and June 29th and 30th, she'll be in Dublin. I miss her when she's not on my time zone. Yeah, and that will wrap up the European part of the tour, and then she'll be headed back to North America for a couple of shows in Canada in early July. So that's it for our news, guys. Um, and now we're going to be moving on to mini-segments. Woo! I don't think anyone is ever as excited for mini-segments as I am. I got, I'm not going to lie. It's <laughs> your favorite. Um, fashion is my favorite, Haley. Uh, please get that straight. <laughs> Sorry. Don't worry, that's coming up soon. Our first Swifty problem comes from Christina131624. And she said... Avoiding singing, where you been? I can show you incredible things. After someone says, nice to meet you. Hashtag Swifty Problems. I do this. People look at me funny. <laughs> but I don't care. And our next one comes from at TSwiftUpdating on Twitter. Not being able to watch 1989 tour videos on YouTube without them getting removed. Hashtag Swifty Problems. Struggle is real. It is. That's crazy. Oh, I had a dream about the 1989 tour DVD. Whoa. So, I assume we will be getting a 1989 tour DVD. At least we hope so. But in my dream, along with the 1989 tour DVD was a red tour DVD. Whoa. <laughs> if only. If only. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Swifty Problems. Hashtag DVDs have value. Hashtag music has value. Hashtag, I love Scott Borchetta. Maybe we just need to spam him with the hashtag DVDs have value and then he'll finally put out the red tour. That is an excellent idea. I love that. We totally need to do that. Our next one is from Vinny Cizerone. When everyone you follow on Tumblr has been noticed by Taylor and you're just sitting here like, hey Taylor, that's me every day. Keep, keep going, Vinny. You'll get noticed. Our last one comes from JDSkins underscore 13. Working on my 1989 tour Manchester costume, but I'm so worried I'm going to end up breaking my sewing machine. Swifty problems. <laughs> this be a hardcore costume. Well, thanks to everybody who submitted for our mini segments this week. If you guys would like to submit some of your own mini segments, you can tweet us, you can tumble us, uh, you can <laughs> you can email us, you can do uh, just about anything, get in contact with us. So uh, we'll give you those details a little bit later in the show. But for now, we are going to move to our fashion segment. Yay! Yay, fashion! Yay! We were really struggling on last week's episode without you there for fashion, Nate. I kind of had a feeling, you know, when I listened to it, I'm like, they just are not getting it. It's just not clicking. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one for today comes from Loft 89 in Cologne, Germany on June 20th. And Taylor was wearing a Motel Rocks Molly long sleeve play suit in Museum Floral Midnight. That is the most complicated romper name I've seen. Yes, it is. Yeah, not that complicated for a romper. And you can find that for $75. Our next one is from backstage in Philly. Taylor wore an express lace cap sleeve cropped tee for $49. And she also wore express two-inch high-rise topiary lace shorts. Normal price $69.90, but they're on sale for $19.90. Wow. Ooh. That is a great deal. If they're not sold out. On June 17th, when she was spotted at LAX airport on her way to Europe, 
Taylor was wearing the Brandy Melville JC skirt, which was only $24, but it's sold out. I like the Taylor wears that brand a lot because it's pretty affordable if you can find their stuff while it's in stock. With that, she had her necklace with Olivia on it that Lena Dunham gave her for her last birthday. And she had high-heeled Prada boots, and she had her newest Michael Kors bag, which is the large Casey tricolor satchel, which is $896. But it's really cute. I like it. Our next outfit is one she wore out with Selena Gomez when she was in Los Angeles, and this was on the 16th. She was wearing a James jeans, shorty, slouchy cuff jeans in safari green. And she wore that with her Rachel Platten fight song top and her free people harness. And then she had her Louis Vuitton bag. So what was going on with that harness situation? That was kind of awkward. (laughs) People were saying that she was wearing it backwards, but they were looking at a totally different harness. So what is the point? Is it just a fashion accessory? Pretty much. Okay. But she can go, you know, zip lining whenever she wants. I love the fight song shirt. I ordered one for myself, but I don't think I'm going to pair it with the harness. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adam, you may not know this. Uh, rule number one of fashion, accessorize. So that harness was exactly what she needed for them to complete that outfit. Gotcha. And our last one for today comes from... June 13th, when she was out for lunch with Calvin Harris in Los Angeles, and she wore an Anthropology Emmeline tulle skirt. It is no longer available, unfortunately, and it was also worn with her Prada sandals and Charlotte Olympia bag. Well, as always, big thanks to TaySwiftStyle.com for providing us with all of our fashion updates. And now, the moment we've all been waiting for, our main discussion, Taylor's letter to Apple, mind-blowing it pretty much covers it that's it that's it that's the end of the episode (laughs) no but really if you guys haven't heard taylor earlier today she tweeted out uh, a post that she she made on her tumblr that said there's an open letter to apple is all about apple's new streaming service that they're going to be doing and i guess what they're going to be doing is for first three months it's going to be free to test out you can stream the music, any music for any artists who are on board with this can stream their music for free. But the stipulation is, if these artists are contributing to this free streaming music service, they will not get paid for what they do. So Taylor wrote this article to Apple, an open letter, saying that basically she feels that what Apple is doing is not justified, that the artists deserve to be paid for their work, for their music, and that Apple can afford to pay the artists for those three months for each of their downloads. Anyway, if you guys haven't read it, please do. Check it out right now. And well, what did you guys think? You know, What were your guys' thoughts on this? I was behind it completely from the start. It made really perfect sense for me why she's doing this. And I love how she's like, I'm not doing this for me. She's like, I can support myself i can support my team i can pay them she's like i'm doing this for the people who can't do that who are using this to support their families so i understood Mm -hmm. absolutely i completely agree and just today since she posted it i've seen all artists of all types big and small saying how much they agree with her stance and how much they appreciate that she spoke up because 
if you're a small artist who only has out, you know, your first single or your first album, you're not going to probably feel bold enough to say something like this because you wouldn't think that anyone would care. Mm, Absolutely. Breaking news, guys. Just as we were discussing this, a tweet came in from Apple stating that they are now, obviously because of Taylor, going to pay artists for streaming even during the free trial period. Look at that. Taylor has the influence or has the ability to influence one of the biggest companies in the world and they listen to her. Within a matter of hours. Yeah, within less than a day. Yeah. I don't I'm honestly speechless. I'm so proud of her. It's just amazing. I Googled this guy, Eddie Q. He is Apple's senior vice president of Internet Software and Services, reporting to CEO Tim Cook. Way to go, Taylor. Seriously. Wow. Well, that is it for the episode, guys. Uh... <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> no, but really, I mean, wow, that's seriously incredible. That was the thing when I read this tweet. I'm like, the things that I've been seeing from Taylor, you know, the fact that she recognizes what a powerhouse she is. I mean, these magazines, these these people consistently name her like most powerful women. Like she's in she's in the top, you know, hundred most powerful women. You know, even yeah, even it's not than just that. an arbitrary title. Exactly. Yeah, she she literally has a ton of weight that she can throw around, and it's awesome that she does it for such a great purpose. She's she's not doing it to support herself. She's doing it to support other artists, other people who are just starting out, other people trying to get a foothold who haven't made it. Um, she's really looking out for them in, in all of this. And it's really cool when, I mean, when she stands up to these giants like Spotify and, and, and Apple here, it makes a valid point at the same time. So, Right now, Scott Borchetta is on a rooftop screaming music has value. Music has value. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that this whole thing just is a great example for anybody of how you should speak up for things that you know are right whether you think you're influential or not something can always be gained from just speaking up and not being afraid to stand up for what you believe in exactly totally i absolutely agree well there was this one guy who i saw reply to taylor his name is david tolvler and he looks like he's part of a country rock duo in Nashville and he said from a guy who just got paid a dollar and 61 cents for over 2 million plays on one song on just one internet streaming site thank you Taylor wow yeah I saw that tweet too that's pretty crazy yeah so it just shows that yeah they're getting their songs listened to but they're not getting much for it wow and I guess now we'll see if Taylor goes and adds 1989 to the streaming service. I would assume she will, but we'll have to see because this is such a huge thing. But to bring up kind of the other side of the argument, I kind of wanted to throw out an idea and a couple quotes here from somebody that we are actually very familiar with, and that is Ed Sheeran. There is an article that was posted last year in late 2014 around the time when his album multiply was coming out and it's maybe kind of surprising based upon the great friendship that taylor and ed have but it seems like ed is on the opposite side of what taylor thinks so the point that i wanted to bring up and then i'll get to a couple of ed ed's quotes is that 
streaming music services like Pandora is one that I've used in the past have helped me learn about new artists. And even though I was using the free version of Pandora, and I don't know if Pandora was paying the artists or not um, based on free users like myself, but I have discovered some artists on Pandora and as a result of that went out and bought their music and as a result of that went out and bought a ticket to their show. So it's kind of like I feel like these smaller artists sometimes should want the exposure so that they're able to gain new fans. What do you guys think about that? I'd agree with that too. I mean, new artists definitely need exposure. I mean, that's really it. Getting your name out there. I mean, not that it, you know, I, I know a whole lot about this, but getting your name out there is huge. I mean, you, the only way that you're going to get fans or followers or, or whatever is through some form of social media or spreading your music around or, you know, uh, you'll see some, some guys on the streets hanging, handing out CDs. That's how they get their music out there. So it's cool that these services can, I agree, uh, you know, help them get their name out. Yeah, a quote from Ed from that article um, states that this album was streamed, and meaning this album, Multiply, was streamed 26 million times in the first week on Spotify. And that means 26 million people have heard my album, he said. And that just creates so much exposure for him. And then he said, this means that a tenth of them might consider buying a ticket or going to a festival, and that's enough for me to tour very comfortably. You know, I think that Ed has climbed so rapidly in the United States, but I think he still wants to get even more exposure. I feel like most people who who generally listen to the radio or Top 40 know who he is now, but I don't know. You know, he sort of rose so quickly that I just think he wants to still get his music out in front of as many people as possible, and I think that that is smart. I think that if you are a new artist and you're confident and feel good about the music that you're putting out, logically, it would make sense that if you get the exposure, you put the songs out for free. If you're putting out good music, people will buy it and people will come to your shows. But I guess it's just a risk you have to decide to take. The other thing with Ed, though, is Ed does his own music. Not a lot of singers are writing their own music or they're co-writing. So they have other sure. people that they need to basically pay for being part of the, the song. If there's like two or three co-writers on it, it all gets split up differently. So it just depends on if you're the one putting yourself out there and it's just you and it's going to fall on you or whether you're putting it out there and you're trying to support all these other people behind you. No, I, com I, com I do completely agree though. I think absolutely right. In this article that, um, that Adam was talking about, for Ed, it's interesting because in the article he t also talks about, not so much about getting his music out there, but he also says that he likes, he just loves playing shows. That's that's what he's in it for. That's what he, he really likes to do. So he says for him, the shows themselves are, are really like his, his way of not only making his money, but, but doing what, what he just loves to do. So I thought that was really cool. I thought it was an interesting approach to, to the whole you know, Spotify problem. So an artist I thought we could discuss briefly is Rachel Platten because she is becoming very popular lately. And Taylor obviously had her as a guest on tour a couple weeks ago. So I was just thinking about her situation. We know since she is 
kind of a newer artist, if you will. I know she's had some songs in the past, but this song of hers, Fight Song, is becoming huge. And maybe in the future, in the next several years, we don't know, she may become a really, really big pop star. Let's look at one side of the streaming argument. If she were to keep her album on streaming services, people could hear it, she would get the exposure, and maybe her next album, if it comes out in 2016, 2017, whenever that may be, she might have lots and lots of more fans, and that album might sell really well. On the other side of the argument, if she does not include her album on streaming services, only the people who know about her and want to go directly buy her CD from iTunes or from a store are going to be the ones who are her fans. And I feel like she won't gain a lot of exposure. What do you guys think about those two sides of the argument? Well, definitely. I mean, I completely agree. You know, obviously it's a huge problem for the artists themselves. I mean, they're really caught in this this catch-22. Do I stand up to this music streaming service and, and not get paid for it? Or, you know, do I do I do it anyway and uh, still, you know, make a stand and then still don't get paid for it and don't get the exposure, basically? So it's really interesting. I think that's the coolest part about Taylor's argument, though, is that it's not so much... Like because she's because she's standing up, because she's throwing her weight around, because she's representing all of these artists, they need a living wage too. You know, if their music is being sold, as Scott Borchetta so eloquently states, music has value. They should be getting paid for the work that they've done, the hard work that they put into the album, the creativity, everything that makes them an artist. So I don't know if that made sense at all. It made sense. I think that's why Taylor did it because she knows she has such such a big voice in the world right now. People listen to her. People take what she says and puts it out there for everyone to either hate it or love it. She doesn't care either way. It's she's a big enough star right now that she can take it out there to cover everybody. Be like, this is what everybody's feeling, but they can't say it because if they do say it, they're not going to get the exposure. But if they don't say it, they're not getting paid. And I think that's why I loved this was because she doesn't care if she gets hated for it. But she believed that this was a big enough issue and she knew she had the voice to talk about it. And I think that it's sort of an issue where there is no perfect answer. I mean, I'm really glad that they're going to be paying the artist during the trial now. But as far as for each individual artist has to decide for themselves whether they want the exposure for free or whether getting paid is more important. And I don't think there is a right or wrong answer. I just think that it's really good for everybody that people are talking about it, that it's being debated and discussed. I'd be interested to see like some of the business models of some of these companies. Are they actually making enough money through advertising? to be able to pay all these artists? Are they getting screwed also from either advertisers or, or whatever? Are they not charging enough? You know, these kind of questions I'm just kind of curious about. Because I wonder if it's, is it, you know, is it so much even the company's fault? You know, it could be, I don't know, it could be a whole whole array of things. But, but I completely agree with what you said, Ashley. Yeah, there's just no right answer to it, basically. And I also am not 100% sure just how much 
they're going to be paying the artists. It sounds like from the Haley, you were saying that one guy on Twitter that they, even the services that do pay, don't usually pay a lot per listen. Right. And it also depends on if that was his cut or if that was solely his. Yeah, because that song, or the the money that comes in from that song, like you mentioned uh, earlier, Haley, has to be divided up among many, many people, whether it's that guy's record company, his manager, co-writers, whoever it may be. The producers. Mm-hmm. Well, at any rate, seriously, how cool was it that Taylor like tweeted halfway through our discussion? That was that was pretty awesome. Yay, Taylor. Good for her, honestly. So cool when when she has such an influential voice. It just, I don't know, it's just pretty inspiring, honestly. I feel like the entire music industry should be giving her a standing ovation right now. I think so, seriously. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine that over the next year, this is going to get her voted most powerful and on top of all sorts of lists. I could see that, honestly. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, if you guys have any thoughts about this or want to tell us anything, you can feel free to contact us and basically let us know what you think. There are a few ways you can contact us. You can do that uh, through our Twitter, at SwiftCast13. You can do it on Tumblr, swiftcast13.tumblr.com. You can find us on Instagram, instagram.com slash theswiftcast13. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash theswiftcast. You can email us theswiftcast13 at gmail.com or you can find all of these on our website swiftcast13.com and just a reminder to press the subscribe button on iTunes and it will download the latest episode for you automatically and just a reminder um, for those of you who like to go back and listen to our previous episodes iTunes only shows our last 100 episodes so if you do want to listen to any of our older ones you can find them all of our episodes on swiftcast13.com So anyway, next week, Taylor will do what? I think that she's going to start selling Music Has Value shirts at the store. (laughs) At the merch stands? (laughs) Yep. I think she's going to start her own music streaming service and completely demolish all of the competition within the week. (laughs) Honestly, if if she really did do that, I feel like everybody would flock to her and the other services would just crumble. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I mean, Jay-Z started his own service, but I, I don't really know much about it, but didn't it like do very poorly? Yeah, I don't think it did as well as they were projecting. Well, I'm going to go with basically the same prediction that I used last week, which was that we're going to get a special guest coming up. And I don't know if Nate heard my prediction. Did you listen to last week's episode, Nate? I did not hear your prediction. What was it? Okay, well, I'm going to do it again for this week. I thought we might get a special guest in either Germany or the Netherlands, but we did not. So maybe we will in either Manchester or London coming up. And I will make the prediction that we hear a Taylor Swift, Ellie Goulding, Calvin Harris triple guest appearance. Whoa. Yeah. Crazy. Can I throw a fourth in there? No, because Ellie Goulding and Calvin Harris have the their song together. I'm predicting that maybe we get a Taylor and Ellie on the vocals with Calvin up on the stage DJing. That'd be awesome. And then Harry Styles walks out on stage because he was in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to say, and I told you guys this outside of the episode, but I was cracking up because 
One Direction is going to be playing Soldier Field soon. This is the same stadium that Taylor's going to be playing when she comes to Chicago. And I guess their tickets weren't doing so well because they have a Groupon now where you can get a ticket to their Soldier Field show for $22. Oof, wow. Now it's bad when you have to resort to Groupon. Seven times that is what people are paying for Taylor's face value tickets. So that's just crazy to me. It must have. I mean, ever since that one member left the the band, they must be doing very poorly. Maybe all the One Direction fans really liked that member that left, and they don't really like the other guys. What was his name? All I know is Harry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I think it was Zane. Zane. Zaner. I don't think we want to open this can of worms any further than we just did. (laughs) If you guys are One Direction fans, Directioners, tweet us and tell us if your fandom is dying i'm curious <laughs> also go get that group on it's a good deal it is there we go 22 bucks that's not bad well i think we're gonna get another sassy swift post soon i hope so i love those probably featuring an animal of some kind <laughs> well i hope you guys enjoyed listening to episode 112 of SwiftCast. this has been nate ashley Haley, and adam all right see you next week guys see ya bye Bye. Peace out, Swift Scouts. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.